0: He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel.
1: Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, AwkwardWithEvan.com for old episodes and to support the podcast, go to Patreon.com slash FunnyEvan. Uh, but I'm going to give you this interview uninterrupted, this Facebook friend. Um, he's technically been on before, but that was almost like a weird three-minute episode where I just kind of had him <laughs> do impressions on request. His name is Jim Meskimen. Um, he's, he's very prolific. He has about 300 credits on IMDb. And uh, there's just a lot he has done, and there's not much he hasn't done. And you may know, most recently, he's the voice of Colonel Sanders on those KFC commercials. And uh, he's done a lot in terms of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the new show Gaslit with Julia Roberts. He has a part on that. So you will have hard times uh, missing him because he is he is omnipresent. So uh, I got to talk to him uh, for a while, uh, not just about the impressions in general, but also uh, just to – he has an ad, a course coming out, an online course for working actors, like how to be a working actor, um, and he is someone you definitely want to take that from, jimworkingactor.com. Uh, and uh i just want to share this i did try to get him to <laughs> try to impersonate because his middle name is ross because of his mom marion ross from happy days i got him to impersonate jim ross the wrestling commentator but uh i didn't want to get him in trouble so i kind of I, I edited it a little bit but he did a great job of it and uh there is a video out um and definitely check out uh the fun times we had um but listen to it right now on the podcast here you go jim Meskimen. Technically, this next Facebook friend was on my podcast before, but all it was was a three-minute thing of you doing impressions on command, and I made it an episode. That doesn't count. Now, technically, I don't—I don't bring back Facebook friends unless I have another new Facebook friend. So, so you're going to be the headliner, regardless. This is—I'm going to say it again anyway. He's a leviathan. Of the world of arts and entertainment and this is jim meskimen jim ross meskimen to be to be exact so let's let's get hey, Kevin Wexell. yeah how are you brother good good um good. this input is killing me okay i'm gonna keep you're gonna see in the recording i'm gonna keep like fidget fidgeting with this thing but good good to have you here there's a lot going on there's a lot you're doing uh you know you're you're definitely someone i've i've looked up to over the years and you're someone who's been successful and i know this um because i was once your personal assistant and i and i helped with with organizing the income so that was good but uh anyway,
2: yes i remember it <laughs> and there's there's still that 12 dollars missing I, I
1: yeah well archie took it was that the dog oh you remember very well yeah, yeah that was archie <laughs> Very likely, Archie ate it. Yeah, he was—he was
2: big on eating things that were not dog food, technically.
1: So, so let's then figure this out. Jim Ross Meskimen, obviously, um, Marion Ross Yamaza, Yamaza, and um, so. So then, I—I I never asked you this. Then, does the is the Meskimen something she's been hiding all these years, or is this—is this just your stage name?
2: Well, Marion Ross is her stage name. Okay. Uh, but my, uh, you know, she was married to before, and okay. uh, my father was Freeman Meskimen. And oh, okay. So she used to be Marion Ross Meskimen, but then they got divorced. So okay. Okay. I kept Meskimen because nobody gave me a choice. <laughs> and, okay. and uh, you know, I like, I have made my peace with the name Meskimen. It's kind of fun. People like to say it. People like to say, Mr. Meskimen? Would you like some more coffee, Mr. Meskimen? There's something kind of bouncy about Meskimen.
1: What what kind of an occupation would a Meskimen be? If you're like, I just got this Meskimen position down at like, you know, the city headquarters.
2: I, I think it's the person that uh, that repairs when a, when a, a wax figure at the wax museum has had like part of their ear chipped off. Is they're the <laughs> person. Gone.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now I've been I've been watching. Obviously, over the years, I, I've known your stuff. Um, some of your credits, of course, Apollo 13, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you were, again, you were the professor in that?
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good do, memory. Do, yeah. You,
1: do you think you could have, if you hadn't pitched on Will Smith a little bit more, maybe the Oscars thing wouldn't have happened?
2: I blame myself. Yeah. I blame myself. If only he had stayed in my class.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> at least we know.
2: Um, he only went to college for one episode that I know of.
1: Yeah. Well they, that's why they never had like Say by the Bell, they had Say by the Bell the college years. They never had, I guess, Fresh Prince the, the college day. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: No. No. But then he didn't have a big college debt either, so that was good.
1: That's good. Look, yeah, they didn't have a lot of student debt to forgive.
2: Yeah. For, that's uh, right. And
1: didn't have to get put, put Elizabeth Warren in, in stressful situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so we have that. And then we have, I mean, I know there's a whole like laundry list of things you've done. Um, the, where, where did the first impulse come to join the arts? Was it through your mom? Was it being on a set or?
2: Well, I mean, I, you know, I, Evan, as you probably know, I, I started off as a cartoonist illustrator. Ah. And so I first, you know, ident- where I identified as an artist, you know, I, uh, <laughs> was when i was very very little and i was the kid that liked to draw and uh that was my identity you know Uh, and then but i did feel uh, i don't know why because i guess i guess because i got exposed to plays at a Mm -hmm. young age Mom was in plays and i saw that obviously she acted different she became a different person and you know i think most kids of actors there's a discomfort in that at first where you're like oh why is daddy acting like that why is he making that mean face and, and stuff? Uh, I was I got over that. But I did notice that there was something kind of attractive about it. And I did want to perform and I wanted to sing. Uh, and I was pretty nervous about it. And uh, I didn't uh, take to it that easily. But eventually I did kind of make my peace with it. And I would do plays, you know, and I, I like to do plays in junior high and high school and in college. And then, uh, but I didn't fully commit to like, well, this will be my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will come hell or high water, I'm gonna attack this thing, you know, uh, this career, because I was still
1: riding the fence.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of riding the fence, I'm wearing this cowboy hat in your honor because-
1: I didn't ask a very specific thing, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a very specific which I, I don't know if I can deliver on, but I can- That's least okay.
1: I just wanted it to be something that we can share <laughs> for that reason.
2: Yeah. So I was riding the fence, though, at that time about being a visual artist. And I, you know, because I was a cartoonist illustrator and I trained to be a a classical painter or I I trained to be a painter in the classical school. So I didn't make up my mind for quite a while. And then I did eventually decide to become an actor because mainly it was I I recognized that I wanted a more social existence Mm -hmm. than just painter alone and, you know, and rarely seeing people.
1: And then you also, now to have, be more social, you, you began then the impressions as well. So you could be social with yourself in a lot exactly. of different beingnesses.
2: Room full of people, even if I had no one, no company over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm a lonely guy. So <laughs> I have people around, even if, if I'm by myself. Yeah. So,
1: so then when did, I know like you've always been doing impressions. I mean, I noticed, obviously you did it, you know, once we were in the Caribbean, you, I saw you do it on stage there, but did you right. then step it up? Like, was it years before America's Got Talent or has it been since then? Or were you always had that that wheel of impressions ready to go? Well, I, you know, I, it was a hobby
2: really that developed into a thing where I could uh, work and, and get certain kinds of jobs, yeah. you know? It's not a hugely lucrative thing. And I didn't, like, want to go to Vegas and have my own room. I never had that that desire, really. Yeah. I don't like Vegas, first of all. <laughs> I like rooms. No problem with rooms. <laughs> uh, but I, when I – it actually took me a number of years. We talked about Will Smith. Like Part of what got me on The Fresh Prince was my doing impressions. If you recall, that teacher did impressions. He did William Shatner. Oh, and wow. he did, you can't handle the truth. And, and that was – one of the, one of the reasons why they chose me to play that part, but I, I would do impressions and then I would create a big effect with them. And then I'd kind of back off because I didn't recognize that, that that was like my strong suit. In other words, it would be the thing that would get me a lot of attention and and was kind of like the trick that I should always do. And I would kind of back off and do other things because, you know, I like impressions, but it's not, I want to be an actor, you know, I want to do all kinds of things. So uh, it wasn't until about 2008, believe it or not, that I finally realized. And it took it took an economic downturn to really make me focus. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh, I really need to work. What is the thing that helps me get work? Ah, yes, this impressions thing. And so I created (laughs) a one man show. That's right. Start videos. And from the, the, the viral videos that resulted from my focusing on impressions, I got all kinds of opportunities, including America's Got Talent, yeah. and lots and lots of others, including a, a, eventually a TV series that I did called Impress Me.
1: Yeah.
2: It uh, is now hidden from the ken of man. It was on Amazon Prime, and now it's like mysteriously it's unavailable.
1: A, it's not anywhere.
2: In my it's area, in real. Which means Earth. Yeah.
1: It's you real. But yeah, I mean, there were some Ross. I forgot Marquard was that, yeah. Marquard, he yeah, was in it. And Van- Vanessa, uh, Vanessa's Villasen- what Melissa Villasenor?
2: Melissa's Villasignor played on one SML. of the parts, yeah. Dana De La Rosso and yeah. uh, uh, Pia,
1: what's her name? Pia,
2: uh, uh, Michael, yeah, yes, one people, Christina Bianco. And uh, yeah, tons of really amazing. We found a lot of really great impressionists to be part of it. it
1: who's impressions did you like when you were growing up? Like, for example, me, I was like watching SNL, and Dana Card was throwing down, like you know, like Bush and Ross uh, yeah. Perot. And but who was who were your fun impressions you enjoyed? Well,
2: I go back to when I really was a consumer of impressions. It was back in the, in the old olden days, and and there was a guy named Rich Little who's still alive today and still performing. Yeah. Uh, he, he really was like the God. He was like the Willie Mays of, of impressions. And, uh, I, you know, I like to point out <laughs> that he he actually had met some of these people. He had been in the same room wow. as John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart and Orson Welles and, and Kirk Douglas, which gives you an, a tremendous advantage to actually interact with them in person. Because when an impressionist depends on, you know, all kinds of ob- observing as closely as possible, that entertainer uh, the great sammy davis jr was an inter- was an impressionist
1: mm-hmm. a
2: singer uh when he was starting out and he also you know met and knew frank sinatra and many of the other people that he imitated uh for us now it's it's harder to to get to know those people or to reach those people we're all sort of separated out uh but yeah so i forget where i was going with this but well
1: i remember richard what i had it at home was he made the cassette tape it was like celebrities and leaving like those outgoing voice message voicemails yeah, yeah
2: that's kind of kind of the tail end of his career so but he shows in vegas and he was on the tonight show constantly and he he was like really like the beyonce of the impressionist yes. world
1: he did i liked his i remember i had jack nicholson and maybe i don't know if he did barbara walters or someone else did barbara walters but i just remember no. like, there's a bunch of them that he just side A, side B, we slipped, flipped them over. I don't know how exactly we, uh, yeah, how exactly that, that tape, that tape, I for like 10 celebs on each side. But now as you do that, then was it cause you're, you went viral with that. You did Shakespeare. I mean, you always like, you have like a hybrid, uh, creative output where it's like, I'm not just going to do the impression. I'm going to do the impression, but here's also a poem I wrote. I'm not just going to do an impression. Here's the impression. And here they are like, I don't know, uh, shopping for groceries like who know, i don't know what it, what you're you're coming up with crazy stuff and then, yeah. then so the shakespeare goes viral right or was it shakespeare was it a, yeah. a it mon- was a
2: shakespeare and celebrity voices it was a speech from richard the Third, and about 26 celebrity voices and it did go legitimately viral back in 2011 and that really gave me a huge boost
1: because you know like i think we were talking at that time for you to end up on the set of like E entertainment studios Without being a Kardashian or or a Seacrest, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's remarkable. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It, it was really fun. It was super fun. And I got many many opportunities out of that. Yeah. And uh, I even went to Australia and I got to perform in Australia and I was on the Australian Today Show. That's another one that went viral actually, is my appearance on the Australian Today Show where they called me the world's greatest impressionist. Oh, that's good. It was you know certainly. <laughs> a nice a nice title to be given uh if inaccurate but uh, uh, and, and and just uh, introduced me to tons of, of people it was super fun so I, I've been able to since that point discipline myself mm-hmm. and for the last nearly 15 years uh kind of focus in on always whatever I do I'm, I'm still acting and doing all kinds of stuff but whatever I do I don't drop the impressionist, Personality, uh, and and I keep projects going out in that expressing that talent because it's a fun magic trick that people like. Yeah. And you know, you talk about well, you know, I do hybrid hybrid things. I do write poems and try to figure out ways. I do song lyrics as impressions. Right, because impression is it's a skill, but you have to do something with it. You know, it's like yeah. it's like anything. You know, you play guitar. All right, well, you got to you got to write a song or you got to sing a song. Otherwise, you know, you're or just or you're like, like a one off. Here, yeah, here's the A chord. How about that, folks? I'll play that for the next 20 minutes.
1: Are there some you enjoy personally? Like, do you feel like there's some you're always like improving on or do you have like a wheelhouse or they're like all your wheelhouse now because you do them so much?
2: Well, I have, I have certain ones that are in my wheelhouse that I do again and again. And Patrick Stewart lately has been one of those ones where I just
0: fall into it very easily because it's rather pleasant to be Patrick Stewart. It always makes me feel just slightly better than I was before I started acting like Patrick Stewart. I don't know why that is.
1: And have you done some where it's like, there, it's like younger versions and then older versions? I think, did you do that with, like, Nicholson?
2: What with Jack Nicholson because Jack Nicholson, when we first met him, he yeah. sounded like this. He had a very teen. <laughs> Of young boys, now he's like, uh, well, we don't even hear from him anymore. Yeah. But if we did, I imagine he would sound uh, like this, you know, like a bear, like old, <laughs> old bear. And yeah. Yeah. Much, much, many of the guys I do, you know, uh, <laughs> time has not stopped. You know, they're they're in their seventies, eighties,
1: but they're still timeless. Uh, so
2: they're still timeless. They're like yeah, songs. But, but they, yeah, exactly. They continue on. I mean, uh, you know, I even did a show, Evan, for kids one time, uh-huh. and you know, like grade school kids, and, and in Florida, and and I did, you know, the Shakespeare thing I do where they call out the the yeah, names, yeah. And do the Shakespeare speech. I change it real fast, and one of the names on the list was John Wayne. Kids called out John Wayne, and I was like, oh, his, your kids, these kids are nine. I don't know. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, I don't think they're going to really know too much about John Wayne. But I did, uh, well, is this a dagger I see before me? The handle toward my hand, come let me cut. And the kids were just crazy. And afterwards, they were like, boy, that John Wayne was really good. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Pretty amazing. So you don't always know, you know, if it's relevant or not.
1: So they, I think they just liked having the, the different voice. Like, oh, you can do that voice, or you could do that voice. Like, I think it's just some, sometimes just fun to hear, down know, different inflections and yeah, tones yeah. and pitches. And, yeah,
2: they like to see, I think also, too, it's like seeing a grown-up act silly like that, or like yeah. weird or out of agreement with gr- the grown-up thing. Because, you know, teachers have to kind of, all right, we're, I'm only going to act like this, so I'm going to talk like this, and this is the way I'm going to talk, okay, please sit down while I'm talking. They never change because if they change, all oh, hell breaks loose, right? right. <laughs> In the classroom, and kids start going, Oh, you're
0: making
1: that. So, so now that you're, but now you have, you helped found an acting school over the years. Like, you have the acting.
2: No, no, I did not help found it.
1: Oh, you did not? You're, you, but you're, you're on board with it. Your wife is that.
2: <laughs> My wife founded it with uh, Eric Matheny and Christopher Smith. Okay. and i am assumed to have founded it but i call myself the silent founder because in fact i did nothing uh they oh, okay. created the school i am flowing them all the power i can and i'm actually a student at the school the acting center okay and uh but i they, she's done it all and not me uh, and this so is not,
1: in so for those interested sherman oaks is what
2: yeah acting center com. the acting center and they are operating now in person and online. They've been online all through the, uh, yeah. the uh, lockdown and uh, doing great. And they're the best acting school in the world, hands down.
1: And you've done now you've done seminars yourself about the biz. And now you're you're finally bridging over. This is like you know your your press tour for premiering your new movie, except we're premiering a new online course, one of a trilogy. And I'm gonna I made another scene just so people can see it. The working actor method, where did this come from? Where did the seed get planted?
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, I hate the word method. So I'm sorry that it's part of that, but uh, that was the marketing guy's choice. But yeah, this is my online course for being a working actor. I've been a working actor for 35 years. I've made my living only as an actor. Voice actor, live actor, TV, film, little bit of everything, narrator, it's all acting. Mm -hmm. So uh, I finally collected what are all my successful uh, tips and the things that I do on a regular basis uh, and arranged them into a bunch of different little videos that people can get. There's also some PDFs, some some eBooks, basically that I wrote, uh, one about voice acting, and I even have one about impressions and how to do impressions. So, so the, it's a big package there available.
1: This, so this is the first of three, though. That's only the the acting one.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it's being parceled out. I think, you know, there's, you know how these things are. There's always a little bit of an upsell. So, hey, right. you know, if you act. <laughs> so I know that I created, I know what I did. I created three courses, at least. and uh, And so they are, if you want to find out about them, they're at that website, which is, jimworkingactor.com dot right oh, okay. now. Okay, because I knew I saw
1: there was that subdomain you had where it was like something dot but no. Yeah,
2: it's really complicated. It's uh, I think if you go to I've I've been successful in finding it at jimworkingactor.com. dot com. There you so. go.
1: So and again, just as someone who's done online courses myself, hopefully we'll make some. Um, I tried to do like we're I was watching the video and seeing the the video kind of go out of sorts, but still seeing the layout. I took a, a course on OBS because I was watching a lot of videos, but to this working actor course. So it's a mix of like, kind of like references of PDFs of like things they can do as well as video instruction lessons or how, how could, how's what's the synopsis of how you put this together? Yeah,
2: There's a series of, of videos okay. where I talk about different things like marketing, uh, auditions, mm-hmm different subjects. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the things I think are essential to maintaining and growing a career over time. Yeah. Uh, Because anybody can be an actor. Anybody can get a job, a job. Right. The part is when you're trying to go the long haul. And uh, that's, you know, an important step for any actor, because if you can actually maintain a a career Mm -hmm. and make it grow, you can make it grow very quickly and you can really ride it to uh, to a very high level if you can't keep it going very long you can be easily be a flash in the pan you know and, and be a kind of an overnight success and an overnight failure people come and go in this business all the time so my emphasis has been on con- conveying uh to an audience to people that want to learn uh, what i did to keep things going and growing over the long haul and what the, the things that are most important um and and there are I had a lot to say I, I mean as I've been doing it for so long I've really learned a lot of things I've learned things the hard way I've I've had m- many failures yeah I've many successes and uh, it's it's been it's been fun and I've actually been all the time interested in sharing it with other people and I've been giving seminars for years and I've been trying to analyze what I do. Uh, that is successful. And so I've kept track. In other words, I've paid attention. Mm-hmm. And so I think this course is, is quite, quite complete in, uh, uh, as I said, is the acting one. And just, and, and I'm not teaching acting, mind you,
1: I'm teaching right. am teaching the administration. How to career,
2: how to build a career. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> What's the biggest departure then that you've covered in the course that actors don't do enough of. Cause they just think their talents enough. What, what have you noticed? I, I, I would say most most
2: actors have a back off on promoting sufficiently. Uh-huh. In other words, pr- promoting in, in enough volume to to maintain the career. And I think if there's anything that set me apart from a lot of my contemporaries at my level, okay, I'm not yeah. talking uh, Brian Cranston necessarily. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: a, I, I, he's a little below <laughs> you.
2: He's a <laughs> little. Quite, quite superb. Yeah. But uh, I have always uh, taken the point of view that it's up to me and taken responsibility for the career and not waited for someone to approach me or for an opportunity right. to land from a distance, you know? Uh-huh. So I, and, and a lot of this I learned from my mom, from Marion Ross. My uh-huh. mom uh, played Mrs. Cunningham on Happy Days. She was a hardworking single mom who raised uh, my sister and I, wow and uh, was an actress and became an icon. Yeah. So she worked very hard and she always did plays and she always hired PR people and let her name be known and did public events and you know would reach out and create opportunities thereby. So I, I looked at that and I went, wow, this is not something, when I, when I heard about other actors that were kind of like, wow, I'm waiting by the phone or wow, I'm going to the gym a lot and it's not happening. And, gee i never get this and i don't get that i'm calling my agent and complaining and like wow you you're you're a, you're a loser you know? <laughs> and, and it, you know they don't survive they don't, they don't they can't keep it going and they become realtors and whatever else you know they, they can't keep it going
1: nothing wrong with realtors but you know sometimes it's not as much as acting that's all
2: oh well, that's right and you know, it depends on what kind of real estate now josh brolin apparently is a very successful realtor oh no way and, and he, i think he splits his time doing doing both and probably yeah. makes a, a bloody fortune doing both by being a movie star and Who'd, being, a, yeah,
1: who wouldn't want him to be like your, yeah. it's <laughs> Thanos. He'll make that house go <laughs> yeah. away. If you don't close <laughs> <Just snap laughs> his fingers. Uh, yeah. All right. So then let's try. I don't, I'm not one to request impressions, but there's always one I, I harass you with and you always, you, you, you you're, you gracefully sidestep it because yeah. it's not a widely known impression. But right. I I am of the type that say I always like things about like certain crossing of streams like for example my most unique podcast episode was when I interviewed Carrie Ann Wallace and Carrie Ann Wallace two people with the same name mm. so I'm like why not Jim Ross Mcgibbin impersonate Jim Ross the voice of wrestling I don't know how you want to reveal this. You, I, I sent you very upsetting material of of Jim Ross in a very heightened state. Um, You're wearing the. I appreciate you're wearing more of a Gold Rush cowboy hat. He's a Boomer Sooner from Oklahoma. That's okay.
0: Yeah, he's he's got a uh, what's called. I forget the name of that style. A quarter horse hat. He's got a quarter quarter horse horse hat
1: hat. on. He's got a good southern drawl. That's good. Where is uh, the?
0: Uh, Yeah, he gets very, very upset about things. I noticed that the the whole thing about wrestling is they're very dramatic and very serious. And when they're angry at one another, well, they let it be known that I don't respect you one bit. You need to just go to blazes and uh, with jets on. And... (laughs) and uh yeah (laughs) by god i can't fight you i can't fight you but i can i can tongue lash you and that's what i'm gonna do but i'm not gonna move my mouth very much
1: (laughs) yes that is that is amazing good jim jim ross we'll we'll send that along we'll 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 cut out the part about it's okay i don't he's probably gets that all the time but it's i'm i'm so awkward about that anyway but Jim that was Jim Ross impersonating Jim Ross
2: as far there you as I heard. It's very meta. The whole thing's very meta. It's
1: very meta. Um cool. So then they can so they can get your course jimworkingactor.com. Yeah. Check could, it out, uh, give it a try. I mean it's I could a, I could probably guarantee. I could probably talk to you for like an hour and a half, but alas, it's bedtime over here, so we have to do all no, that it, stuff. It's bedtime here too. Are you going to read me a story of it? See, that's not even in like the celebrity list, but that voice is just so unique. Have you done youth voices like that in other projects?
2: <laughs> I've done all kinds of stuff, man. I've done crazy stuff, but but mostly, mostly I do Colonel Sanders, of course, TV uh,
0: right. commercials. So that's pretty much what keeps me busy. That's my day job, if I have any, if I have a day job. Yeah, uh, I imagine he he would have some choice words to say to Jim Ross about uh, watching his language. Uh, that was kind of a sore point with well, it.
1: What if Jim Ross showed up at Kentucky Fried Chicken and Colonel Sanders was serving him?
0: Well, let me just, uh, did you say you want the 20-piece uh, uh, bucket? I want the 20-piece bucket, Colonel, because I got a lot of wrestlers I got to feed. They're all in my in my van. Oh, <laughs> you do? Well, you should bring them in. You, should, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a picture with some of those wrestlers. I don't think you'd want to be with them right now. They smell kind of rank. Oh, that's not very sanitary. Yeah, I guess. So. Well, uh, give him these buckets with McConnell. Ones, then. <laughs>
1: that's good because it has a bit of a John Wayne flavor to it. And I know he loves John Wayne, so it, it has. It has a. He's a relative, a cousin to Jim Ross. Then I could go with that. But, okay, <laughs> very nice, cool. Well, I'm glad we've done a, le- a legit interview. Of Finally, this counts. We're gonna spread the word about you. about your course. Thank um, <laughs> you and uh definitely much appreciated and i'm obviously i look up to to you in terms of how you produce and uh and what you stand for and uh yeah i know i'm gonna i'm gonna look into that when you have the voiceover one out i've always that's always when i've never quite stepped over the third the third the third speed bump on that one so i'm definitely (laughs) get all my sub products in order and uh See how that one t- plays out. That's a
2: good name. That's a good name for a podcast. The third speed bump.
1: Third speed bump. Yeah. That's good. So oh, we, you, oh you're gonna call from the third speed bump.
2: Yeah, the third speed <laughs> bump just called.
1: So yeah, you get you get the first, get the working actor course, then you get the voiceover course, you get the impression course, and then with for an extra fifty dollars, <laughs> and then you get the women, and then you get the power. <laughs> and maybe you get like uh, a sample of Jim's blood, just if you want that extra good luck charm, Mom, like a rabbit's right. foot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's t- talent flowing
1: through those veins.
2: Thanks, Evan. Right.
1: Good deal, and we'll, and we'll talk soon.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. I want to thank Jim Meskimen for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, this was definitely an awkward episode for me because as I was doing the video. Um, his video uh, kept sizing in and out um, with the program I was using as well. I think my audio voice was doubled. And I also think the video and the audio were not synced up. So if you just want to watch the video for technical uh, issues and just enjoy those, go to uh, Awkward with Evan on Facebook and YouTube as well. Um, you'll you'll hunt this down on my YouTube. Uh, but I'm going to going to retweak and pivot again so that I can get you guys some good audio and video of upcoming Facebook friends. I actually have a, a Bon Jovi fan friend up next. Uh, she's, uh, recapping their April tour with me and, uh, just recapping her fandom and maybe the future of the band. So stay awkward support on Patreon and, uh, I'm going to go be awkward. See ya. Toodles.
0: Thanks for listening. Go to AwkwardWithEvan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.